Hi, and welcome to Faithful Life Children, where the Christian life is lived through the lens of a childlike posture. Come chat with us about everything that has to deal with that and much more. God bless and enjoy this episode. Well, 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 welcome back everyone to another episode of Faithful Like Children. I have to apologize for all of the episodes that we said that would come out and they didn't. I'm really sorry about the inconsistency with the episodes. School has gotten a lot of out of hand and me trying to figure out my mission, but that's besides the point because we've, I figured it out. Well, God helped me figure it out, but you know, it's all good, but we are back and we are good and we are all set for this upcoming week because my friends, this week is Holy Week. You know, we got Palm Sunday. We've got what some people call Spy Wednesday. Then we got Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and then finally Easter Sunday. Guys, Lent is ending really, really soon. And I don't know about you, but I'm really excited for Lent to be over because it's, ugh, it's it has tested me quite a bit, but I am really happy with how this Lent has gone. And that has been my prayer for you guys. I hope that your Lent has been going really great as well. So today we're going to focus on something a little different. I know that in past episodes of Little Life Lessons, for those of you that don't know what Little Life Lessons are, we basically take a little segment out of some scripture passages or something like that, and we kind of try to apply it to our own lives we try to figure out, okay, what's the message or the lesson that could be learned from this? And so, you know that I was going to try to have the whole few episodes of Little Life Lessons come from the story of when Jesus heals Bartimaeus the blind man. And that was the intention. However, With Holy Week upon us, I figured that that wasn't really the most appropriate thing to address. Um, There were some other things that I figured and several things that I felt like needed to be said more through God's grace speaking to me. So we're going to take a little break from the story of Bartimaeus the blind man for a little bit and now we're going to focus on the whole passion or I guess how two people responded to it all right because the passion I'm not gonna lie it's really sad it's always the one thing that Whenever it's read, it physically breaks my heart because it's just such a sad reading. Um, Because you hear about how people responded, especially within the passages like Pontius Pilate. And you hear about how Mary was told, you know, behold your mother. 
and you know it's really kind of sad it really really is but that's what makes this week so beautiful and so meaningful because yes the sad thing is coming but we know that there's going to be a beautiful thing it's often said that without a crucifixion there's no resurrection you have to focus on the bad for now so that hopefully the good will come out and so today we're going to focus on two different disciples because these two disciples particularly Judas and Peter you know they focus the passage is kind of focused on them you know completely just denying Jesus and betraying him and so we're going to look at that how they both were fairly similar what were the actions that they did and then and then we're going to look at what makes each of them different and how they responded after their actions and then we're going to focus how we can be more like one than less and less like the other spoiler alert it's in the title so I guess you already know which one you want to be like so there we go but I just want to give you guys a little bit of of like things of how they both were similar before we get into this because again you know they're both Jesus's disciples and they both you know were you know they both were with Jesus through you know the many peaks and valleys of his ministry here on earth and so we're going to focus on like a lot of the things that they that were like similar and a lot of the resources that I'm using for this episode a lot of the sources and stuff come from this book called I Thirst 40 Days with Mother Teresa by Father Joseph Langford and it is a truly beautiful book if you are looking for something spiritual to do for next Lent or you want to get it now and maybe have that something to do for Christmas or or something like that I highly recommend that you do it it's such a good book it talks about how we are made to satiate Jesus's thirst for love and for souls and there's just no words to describe how good it is because one it talks about Jesus duh but also it talks about Mother Teresa I mean come on you can't get better than that right (laughs) but anyways a lot of the sources come from this book and and some of the and the things that made Judas and Peter so similar it's actually kind of 
really interesting like we often think like one is like we often think of black and white when we think of Peter and Judas there's not really a lot of gray area between there so but these are the things that make it so similar to kind of build up that gray area you know if you will so both Peter and Judas were chosen by Christ to be apostles they knew Jesus and shared in his personal life during his public ministry like I said before they both heard his teachings and have seen his miracles they preached the gospel under his direction and worked miracles themselves through Christ working through them they were both warned of their coming fall into sin at the last supper they were warned that satan would seek to sift them like wheat they both grievously failed him they were personally invited to repentance and both felt tremendous remorse for what they have done that's a lot of similarities between the two i mean truly it is I mean, I don't know if you don't say that there isn't a difference. I mean, you're lying to yourself. Like, it's right there. So with those in mind, we're going to kind of focus on the actual gospel passages that mention Jesus in his passion and how these two apostles played into it so first up is the betrayal and arrest of jesus this is from mark chapter 14 and this is where judas betrays jesus and i know you might be thinking all right i've already heard this story like plenty of times what's the point of hearing it again and i know what you're thinking you're going to be thinking it's going to be boring because I've already heard it before. And that could be the case, but I just invite you to just listen to this with new eyes and getting a new perspective on it. That's one of the really cool things that my youth minister does whenever we have our weekly Bible sessions um, or like our weekly Bible studies. And she's always says that, you know, even though it's a might be a, a gospel passage or a reading or a psalm that you might have heard before, ask the Lord to reveal something new to you. And so I just want to invite you guys to just allow the Lord to reveal something new to you. And, you know, just I just ask that you see this with new eyes, with new fresh eyes. And just invite you to just see the story in a completely new way so again this is from mark chapter 14 starting at verse 43 then while he was still speaking judas one of the 12 arrived 
accompanied by a crowd with swords and clubs, who had come from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. His betrayer had arranged a signal with him, saying, The man I shall kiss is the one. Arrest him and lead him away securely. He came and immediately went over to him and said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. At this they laid hands on him and arrested him. I just want to tell you guys that even though that this part of the passion, the passion that Mark portrays, it doesn't show Judas necessarily being upset at what he did, but in other passages that it does. So I just don't, I just want you, you guys to make sure that you're not thinking, oh, like he wasn't sorry for what he did. No, he was sorry of what he did. I mean, so much so that many people think that after he betrayed him, he hung himself, that he killed himself. And so I just want you to keep that in mind as we're going through this passage now. As we get further into Mark chapter 14, the part of the passion where Peter denies Jesus, I just want again to invite you to open up and see what the Lord wants you to hear. Even though it's a story you might have heard before, I just ask that you get a new perspective from this. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the high priest's maids came along. Seeing Peter warming himself, she looked intently at him and said, You too were with the Nazarene, Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you are talking about. So he went out into the outer court. Then the cock crowed. The maid saw him and began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. Once again, he denied it. A little later, the bystanders said to Peter once more, Surely you are one of them, for you too are a Galilean. He began to curse and to swear, I do not know this man about whom you are talking. And immediately a cock crowed a second time. And Peter remembered the word that Jesus had said to him. Before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. He broke down and wept. And I know that You've heard this before, and it does seem really sad when you hear Peter, one of the greatest apostles in 
literally our the first pope of the catholic church when he denies jesus three times he breaks down and weeps like that that just is heart-wrenching and it's so sad to hear that it's so sad and it makes you kind of feel bad for him not in just a sympathetic kind of way like oh poor you but also in the way that we've done this there are times where we have said yes I am all for the Lord I am for you I am not against you and then a minute later what do we do we sin It's definitely through our own faults and our own human weakness, but it is really important just to point that out. Now, when we focus on... You know, there are two failures. The two failures that they had, both of them were great. I mean, they both betrayed Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the bridegroom, love and mercy himself. That does not sound good. Like at all. And so... If both of them were super duper strong, if both of them were strong apostles and then they fell so greatly, what's the catch here? Like, which one do we respond to? And I kind of want to touch on this with reading another passage. This time it's from the Gospel of John, chapter 21. This is after Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. You know, he conquered death and has risen to new life. And he appears to the disciples while they were fishing. And then he immediately turns to Peter in this and so I just want to imagine that maybe you are Peter maybe you're sitting alongside Peter while this whole conversation is going on I don't know just and want to in- allow yourself to enter in to this whole thing and I just want to invite you to just take these words to heart you might have heard this passage before you might have not but again Ask the Lord what he wants to reveal to you. Ask, you know, pray about it and and ask, Lord, what do you want to reveal to me through this? And he will. I promise you that. 
So again, this is John chapter 1 with Jesus and Peter. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He then said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that he had said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this signifying by the kind of depth he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, follow me. So that is completely just beautiful. You know, the Lord gave this opportunity to Peter so that he could receive forgiveness from the wrongdoing that he did. Um, and it's just really interesting to think about because Judas most likely got that same interaction with the Lord where the Lord may have presented an opportunity for him to, you know, repent of his wrongdoings and go and sin no more. But According to legend, he didn't do that, and he, again, ended up most likely committing suicide because of it. And so, you might be wondering, well, what is the difference between the two? I mean, obviously, one was forgiven, one wasn't. So, what do we make of that? Going back to the I Thirst book that I quoted earlier um for all of the similarities that they had they being peter and judas and all the similarities of them falling short and being disciples of jesus there are there are very important differences between the the two men, especially in the way they responded to their failure. First, Peter's focus was on Jesus. 
His sorrow was over the pain he had given to his master. In other words, he felt so sorry that he betrayed Jesus. However, Judas's focus was on himself. His sorrow was over the deed, the monstrous sin he had committed, and over his own horrible deed. So he was sorry for the deed that he did. He was like, oh my gosh, how could I do such a thing? How could I betray the Lord? How could I betray God? How could I betray the creator of the stars? How could I betray the one who has given me life? How could I have fallen so low is probably what he would have thought. But then also, Peter chose hope. He realized that what he did was horrible, but he isn't going to turn to himself for self-condemnation and being like, oh my gosh, how could I have done such a horrible thing? Because... That's pride. I know some people might think of pride as those that think that they're all that and then some. And that's part of it too. But pride is weird. Actually, all the seven deadly sins are weird in the fact that it's almost kind of like a spectrum. Like on one side of the spectrum, it's like you're all that and then some. Another aspect of pride is you judging yourself because you think you know yourself. When in actuality, you don't. You really, truly don't. Like, the Lord knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. And so that is just one of the things that I feel like makes Peter different from Judas. Peter chose the humble road. He realized the mistake that he made, but he was able to say again, like, yes, Lord, I love you, and turn to him, and return to him, return to his gaze, return to his wonderful embrace. And I think that is nothing short of wonderful. 
And it's really inspiring for us, too. Because Peter is a human being, and we can relate to that in our own lives. Now, what can we do this Holy Week to prepare for the coming of the Lord at Easter when he is risen from the dead in nothing but glory? Um, a lot of the things that we could do to help us prepare for Easter can also help us become more like Peter. And I feel like one of the things that we can do is just recognize and our humility and recognize that we are in need of humility because humility is a virtue that allows you to become more childlike. It allows you to not look at yourself, but look out into the world and look at God the Father who sees you as his beloved son and daughter. And so I feel like trying to lean close to Jesus especially this holy week to really focus on what needs to happen so that we can become less like pride and more like Peter so I feel like you need some practical tips on how to kind of conquer this if you will and don't you worry because I've got a few um one of the things that I feel like is important is prayer now you might be thinking well duh isn't prayer important for everything and yeah it's true but also just to be brutally honest with God and come before him like super duper humble I mean, of course, there's absolutely nothing wrong with praying the rosary or the chaplet of divine mercy or praying certain lit- praying certain litanies. Those are absolutely beautiful prayers. However, the Lord wants to know what's what's going on in that little heart of yours. Even though he already knows, he still wants to know. He wants you to reveal it to him. I mean, if you have, if you are having a good day, then you can say, Hey Jesus, this is how my day is going and it's going pretty great. This is all the stuff that's going well. I did well on my test. One of my friends did something really nice for me and mass was wonderful. That homily that the priest gave was wonderful and it's just going great. That is good, true, amazing, good, beautiful definitely do that however some of you guys might be on the opposite side of the spectrum and you might be experiencing some tough times you can be thinking gosh really does 
the Lord want to hear us? And he does. He wants to know what's in that heart of yours. He loves you so much that he wants you to reveal it to him, even though he already knows it's there. He wants to share. He wants to share in that. And so I would say something simple like, hey, Jesus, this is my day is not going so well. Like, I didn't do well on my test. One of my friends did something really mean to me. And to be honest, mass was kind of boring. It felt boring, even though that's not the reason why I'm there. It just still felt boring. That's still good. That's still true. That's beautiful. That's amazing. Tell him that. Because, you know, because that truly leads to humility it leads to humility in the fact that we are becoming small and focusing on our relationship with God, which is number one. And second thing that I would say is, which, I mean, it's a season of Lent, so I kind of feel like I should say this and also just a whole bunch of reasons why you why I need to say this. If there are certain things that are preventing you from leaning more toward more on God's side and you're like you're like I need to run to him. I need to be honest with him. Please I I highly, highly, highly encourage you go to the sacrament of confession. It seems like that's like the fix for everything I say. Whenever people are like, Seely, what should I do about my faith life? I always suggest go to confession. And yes, is the process going to be scary? Yes, because you are bearing your soul to someone else and it's kind of scary but just imagine how free you're gonna feel you're going to feel so free after this and then you can you're gonna probably feel as free as peter did when jesus told him after jesus told asked him the three times do you love me and he responded Yes, Lord, I love you. That's kind of like what confession is. Confession is kind of like us saying to the Lord, Lord, I still love you. I may have messed up, but I still love you. And it is such a beautiful sacrament to practice. And you might be thinking, well, that's great. And I definitely really want to go, but... I don't know how to go because it's been a while or I really don't know a whole lot about the sacrament or how do I not be nervous for it or I just need some inspiration to go. Don't worry because our last episode of the podcast 
covers everything about confession. So if you want to listen to that, feel free to check it out. Not trying to pull a plug at all, but I just honestly think it is a good resource if you are in need of that. So yes, if you haven't been to confession at all this Lent, please, 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 please go. Mercy is waiting on the other side. I mean, that's the entire reason why we celebrate Holy Week in a way. We celebrate Holy Week, and while it's sad because Jesus died on the cross, he died out of love for you and I. He could have just left us in our sin. He didn't have to, but he did it anyways, and he did it out of free love, and he did it for you. I mean, what else do you have to lose in that sacrament, right? What else do you have to lose? I just want you to think about that as we enter into Holy Week. And... I really want you to think and maybe even pray about, Lord, what do you want me to do for this Holy Week that's going to help me be less like pride and more like Peter? What am I going to do? What do you want me to do? That is what I want you want you guys to do this entire week and I think it is a great time to think about that if you haven't been to confession go and just really focus that on the fact that Even though you've messed up, turn to him. Turn to him in all your humility. Whether that's in prayer, whether that's in the sacrament of confession. Just I just invite you to at least turn to at least turn to him once. Because every turn that you make to him, it's a victory for him. That is something truly good and so, so amazing. All right, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. You did not have to do what you did. But the fact that we are now free sons and daughters allows us to grow in closer relationship with you. Lord, as the time of Holy Week comes upon us, I just ask that you reveal how you want us to become less like pride and more like Peter. Allow us to understand 
what it means to be humble, to be humble like a child, to not focus on ourselves, but to but instead focus on you. Allow us to be completely honest with you in prayer this week and all the weeks yet to come. Lord, I just ask that if you're calling anyone to receive your love and your mercy in the sacrament of confession this week, I just ask that you be with them. Please be with them, Lord. Because even though it may seem scary, you are there and you just want to heal them. You want to heal this hurt of pride that they might be experiencing. And I just ask that you show nothing but tenderness and kindness and mercy towards those individuals. Please be with us throughout this week on Palm Sunday. Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter. We pray this through the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. St. Peter, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, guys, that about ends our second little life instructions. I really hope that you guys enjoyed it and that it was something near and dear to your hearts. And I hope that you got something out of it and just let the Lord speak to you through that. If you have any questions or any topics that you think that I or my friends should go over, I would highly recommend that you DM us at our Instagram account, FLC underscore podcast, and we'll try to get to those as quickly as we can because as you can tell, school is getting kind of the best of us and I would severely... I was super duper severely would like to do more, but I'm a student. That's my current vocation right now. So kind of need to focus on the present. So I will keep you guys updated as much as I can with my schedule so that you are all in the ins and outs of everything and that you know what's going on. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode and I hope that you have a really prayerful and good Holy Week and most importantly, from everyone here at FLC, We want to, I want to wish everyone a happy Easter.